Hello and welcome to According to John. Today's topic or question, how do we deal with difficult people? Problem people? Boy, I've never had that come up in my life, Pastor John. (laughs) Have you ever seen such a time in history where we are dealing with such outrageous people? People are full of fear and anger here in New York. Uh, I've had a restaurant owner or grocery store owner who works with the public every day for his 36th year. He said he's never seen people in this condition, just ready to snap over almost anything. Oh, it's, it's insane. It's, it is absolutely insane. And, but Jesus tells us, you know, in the end times, the end days, uh, people are going to be like this, right? Yeah. It's all laid out ahead of time. Oh my! So here goodness. we are. <laughs> we really need you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, we really, we really do. Hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we will get started. Dear heavenly father, Lord, we thank you. We love you. Father, thank you for this opportunity to go through your word Father, to look at scripture that will teach us how we can deal with difficult people. And Lord, as time is going on and your, your return is so close. And we know that because of the actions of the difficult people, father, help us to always take the high road to learn this, to apply this and to give you glory as we gain victory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, so I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, sidekick, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And today we're going to deal with difficult people. (laughs) Johnny, we deal with difficult people every day. Every day. And and, in what I... All right, as a pastor, it is getting more and more difficult to deal with difficult people. Because there's almost no reasoning with them. There's almost no, uh, I know what the verse says, but. And it's like, listen, your butt just negated the verse. <laughs> there was a time in our even fairly recent history where people operated a lot on principle. Right. Today, I think people, uh, for the most part, are operating on emotion. And emotions flare. Yeah, and it's an absolute. They're operating on emotions. Emotions and selfish desires. I tell people, you know, God gave us our emotions to be our servant, not our master. Yeah, and it's master in the multitude. So difficult people are everywhere, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) They are everywhere. Everywhere I turn. Well, as we're giving the thing about difficult people, and John's loaded for bear here. We've just walked through the outline scriptures. The the, the part of this is not just dealing with the problem people, which are everywhere. It's Lord, by the grace of God, don't let don't let me be one. That amen. Yeah, don't don't let us be one of them. Two sides of this coin, all the way through. Without Jesus, I can very easily be a problem person myself, and I don't want to be that way. Yeah, you know, what we deal with or the types of people we deal with are hostile, rude, mean, selfish, impatient, uncaring, and it gets even worse from there, right? And they can take actions based upon those emotions. Yeah, I mean, they don't even know how to identify themselves, let alone talk to us. Yeah, It's it's just the insanity that we are in, right? Yeah, you can use the wrong pronoun and be in huge trouble with these people. Yeah, and here's what the scriptures say about these difficult people. And and what we mean by difficult people is not just difficult to get along with, but uh, absolute sinful people. They're difficult because of their sin. And, and, and sometimes that's hard to remember, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to remember that, uh, listen, the world doesn't know God and doesn't know the things of God and therefore thinks the things of God is foolishness. And so that makes them even more difficult for us. The way Johnny has laid out this Bible study, because that's what this is, is foundational. We have to go to a biblical principle. What is my problem is everybody's problem. We have to look inward first yeah. before we look outward. So John's going to guide us through the, the basic principles of spiritual life in Christ and that will lay the foundation for us to to have Christ live out through us and let let Christ in us deal with these 
uh, hurtful people, uh, difficult people, people that you can't even reason with. And we can't fix everything, right. but we can not make it worse. Well, uh, the first part of, of fixing anything is uh, understanding the problem and the solution. Amen. Now we got to be willing participants in the word of God if we're going to change anything. Yeah. I can't have difficult people in my life and then just go off on an emotional tirade. What you said is wrong and I deserve better than this and what's wrong with you and allow and attack back. I don't want to attack back and I want Christ to give me his wisdom in the moment, uh, in that crisis moment of confrontation and turn the other cheek and just do the next right thing. And it takes two to tango, what you say. It really does, right? So here's what we're going to do. We're, first, we're going to recognize what difficult people look like, right? What, what, what's their behavior? <laughs> Romans 1, 29 through 31 says this, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness. Oh, by the way, sexual immorality is any kind of sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman, because we have to remember God defined marriage. And so therefore man cannot redefine it. And, and if same sex gets married, it's not married. It's a union. Mm -hmm. It's a legal union that sinful government has allowed. Okay. I just wanted to throw that out there because it's a burr in my saddle. Um, so anyway, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So what we see is God has listed uh, what difficult people look like. And <laughs> though, and, and of course, I, I was guilty about 98% of that myself. Uh, so we're not, <laughs> dude, that is so true. We're not looking down. You, how dare you, you <laughs> awful sinner, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I never. <laughs> but the Bible says, such were some of you. And so we're not here looking down our nose at anybody, right. but God labeled these people. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. You said, and such were some of you, because that's what Paul says. I was preaching the other day. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put some of my sermons up on, on the uh, podcast because I just think that they're incredibly relevant. But my point in one of the sermons was, um, you know, I used to be an alcoholic and used to be a drug addict. I used to be, used to be, used to be, used to be a womanizer, used to be an adulterer, used to be, right? And I, tell, I, I told him, I said, listen, uh, I'm not anymore because that's not who I am. Christ changed me. And to say that I'm still an alcoholic is nothing but a, an excuse to give me to justify my sin if I so chose to do that. It's not a disease in the blood. It is a disease in the heart. Paul says such were, were which means you no longer are. Yeah. yeah, that was my whole point in saying that, <laughs> yeah, right? The blood of Christ changed that. That handwriting, a handwriting of an ordinance that was against us, contrary to us, all of our sins, God had recorded. He He nailed it to the right, cross. Right. So remembers it no more. But, but and that's this, not that's not my my identity is in Christ, not my past. Amen. Screaming amen as a former drug dealer. You know, and, and look, in our past, we were difficult people, by Absolutely. the way. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. But these are the people. Now, I don't yeah. like this, maybe. But right. These are the people that God has called us mm -hmm. to go reach because when they experience the gospel of Christ, like right. we have, right. and Christ comes to live in them, right. they cease to be difficult people, and right. they'll join us right. to reach. Well, and, and here's the thing. We are to reach them, but we are not to join with them. And if they refuse to uh, listen to what you have to say or what we have to say, we're to uh, knock the dust off our feet. We're not to hang out with them. And people are like, well, if you don't hang out with them, how are you supposed to win them? Well, to, to settle that argument, I have a verse. <laughs> I got one too. You go first. Second Timothy three, one through four says this, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. I think he's talk, talking about today. Amen. For men, 
will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, uh, let's see, where am I at? Uh, unforgiving, slanderers, <laughs> without self-control. Mm-hmm. We're there. Oh, my goodness. Brutal. We're there. Despisers of good. We're there. Traitors. We're there. Headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Verse 5 says having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And then it says this. From such people turn away. I had to jump in there, John. I like to hear my own voice sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, we, what is it? What's this thing? You can't fix what? Stupid. There you go. <laughs> you were on top of you that. Really, yeah, you really can't. Um, but think about that, right? So God says you have all these people. If they're not willing to turn, then then turn away. Yeah, and I, I, I that's not easy to do either because no. I love these people. Right, right. And was, by the by the way, it doesn't say uh, turn the people away. It says you turn away from the people. Yeah, just kind of pull back. Yep. Draw nigh to God. Yep. Resist the devil. He'll flee from us. And we <laughs> well, we get. We get filled with the spirit and instead of being all emotional and reacting to these people and getting the root of bitterness in us and let them control us, we get back, we separate and the Holy Spirit gets control of us. And then we can go back in at a later time to try to pull them out, try to rescue them. What's really um, interesting is I I have had over the years, um, people will leave the church and they're not saved. They were ungodly. They're living ungodly. Uh, they're still living ungodly. And the family will say, I need you to go talk to them. And I will, I will legitimately make a, make a, but when I see that there's no desire for change, I don't go to them again. And then the family will get mad at me. Like, you don't care. Why aren't you talking, going and talking to my family? And I go, Whoa, they don't want me there. And the scriptures tell me that once I go and they make it clear they don't want me there, I don't go back. The Bible says after the second admonition, reject them. Yeah. And so we can spend our time and spend our time and uh, I hate to say, but waste our time uh, speaking to people who aren't willing to listen. And Jesus said, cast the dust from off your feet and go on. Go on. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Remember, we're describing what the scriptures say a difficult person is. Uh, so Galatians five nineteen through 21, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so if you notice here in Galatians, it's the work of the flesh, right? Um, if you look in Second uh, Timothy 3, 1 through 4 that we read, it's desires of the heart, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers mm-hmm. of pleasure, lovers of money. Self-centered, self-centered every time. Yeah, so so in, in uh, Romans... What we read was uh, how they will, what they're full of and how they're going to act. In Second Timothy 3, 1 through 4, it talks about the love that's in their heart. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21, it talks about what they work, their works. Yeah, what, because of what is in their heart, this is what they do. Yeah. So then in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, it says this. <clears throat> uh, it's... it's uh, Sometimes it just absolutely breaks my heart because I know of so many people uh, that are going to fall into this category here. So in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, it talks about their dest- the destination of, of these types of people. So if you notice, all these passages that I've read to you, <clears throat> whether it be Romans, 2 Timothy, Galatians, or Corinthians, all talk about different aspects of of their perspective of sin or how they look at sin and then the result of sin. So so we see the different perspectives of all these culminations of, of uh, 
people here. Uh, verse 9 says this in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Destination, right? <clears throat> Do not be deceived. Do not allow Satan to get you to think anything other than what God says. Neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And then 11 is what we were talking about just a little bit ago, where in verse 11, it says, and such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So in all reality, if you're saved, you're no longer what you were. And if you still are what you were, then you ain't. <laughs> mm -hmm. Jesus um, came to rescue these people. <clears throat> yep. And uh, if they reject being rescued, then this is their destiny. And, and he, you know, you and I were these people. Right. And God can fix it. And that's what the gospel is all about. So, uh, well, the difficult people in our lives are because of sin. Absolutely. And the only remedy for, for that sin to be fixed is turning to Jesus and getting cleansed from that sin, getting delivered from that sin, and God will replace uh, the lust with love. He'll replace the folly with wisdom. He'll replace the uh, selfishness with generosity. So it's just that 100, right. that 180 thing. When you're in the flesh, this is what you do. Right. When you're in the spirit, this is what you do. Yeah, and what we have to be careful, guys, um, we can act the same way. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't lose our place in heaven if we're saved, but just because we're saved doesn't mean that we don't have to control ourselves mm -hmm. and we can become difficult people as well. It was, it was kind of harsh for me to realize that after I was saved uh, and I was growing, but my flesh is still the same. Yep. My flesh and it's a battle. lost at the end every day. That's why Paul said, I die daily. Daily. Cause when we die to self, uh, we walk in his spirit, and then we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If I don't die to self, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the, the pride, pride of life, life is right, right there waiting for me and right. will take over the throne of my life. Yeah. So it's a daily battle of dying to self. But in the meantime, as we are dead to self, right. we still face right. difficult people. Well, and here's the thing. We have to be careful not to act the same way because the, the reality is we all have... Um, we all have that sinful nature, desire, and if we're not careful, that sinful uh, attitude that's in our heart will come out and we'll live it out. Matthew 15, 19, because we're, listen, we're all, right? We are, uh, uh, we are all wicked if left up to our own demise. Mm -hmm. um, Matthew 15, 19, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies out of the heart because it is in the heart where we carry the sin or the desires for sin. It's one thing to have the desire is completely different to uh, act it out because when you act it out, now you've crossed the line, right? See, here's where religion fails people. They they make a uh, mental an emotional agreement, this is wrong behavior, and I don't want to do it. And so in their own energy, which is the flesh, they, they try to combat this, but there's no power there right. to, to, to fix it. That's why in the drug culture, I tried to come out, tried to stop using, tried and failed, tried and failed, tried and failed. And then finally, in, in desperation, right. I turned to Christ, mm -hmm. and Christ in me, delivered me from that. Well, Jeremiah 17, nine says this, which is why we try in our own power and fail. Here's why it's Jeremiah 17, nine. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. That's my heart without Jesus. Absolutely. And even with Jesus, who is perfect and holy, 
in my old nature, I'm still that. Right. My flesh is still that. Yep. The Bible says the spirit in, of Christ in us bear, uh, wars, wars against, against the flesh. The flesh. Yeah. And the flesh against right. the spirit. This is the battle that all tr- true Christians have. And people say, I still do sinful things, but does it bother you? Yes. Well, then that's a sign that that's you're saved. Sign. If it doesn't bother you, it's a sign that you're not saved. It's a sign that you're not going to heaven. Because <laughs> the Holy Spirit inside <laughs> so of us crazy. will convict us of sin, of righteousness, right. and judgment. And so I tell people, if you're struggling, that's the evidence that you're a true believer. Right. Because without Christ, you don't care about this. You just go for it. Right. Yeah, exactly. It rules you. And, and listen, you don't care. You, you don't care. Uh, the first step in... Uh, helping us to deal with difficult people is we have to understand that we're not better than anyone else. Yeah. That listen, once you understand that by nature now, uh, boy, I'm going to make this statement and it's just going to rouse people. And I don't say it to do that. It's I say separation it for of nature and practice. Hold that in mind as he, as he dumps us on you. So we're no better than anyone else by nature, but if you are saved and you're born again, you're completely separated from the world and you're actually set up higher than them because we're now a child of the King and heaven is our home and God is our father. And Jesus clearly separates us, the saints from the wicked. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, sheep I, I, and the, goats. the sheep and the goats. I mean, we're, we're separated. Righteous. So, but if you fail to practice to whom much is given, much is required. Yep. And if you fail to practice sainthood following Jesus, then you are no better than anyone else. Maybe even worse because we claim something that we don't live. No, you are worse, Jesus says. Yeah, that's called hypocrisy. Yeah, right. Great point. And so Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 says this. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. He made alive. Therefore, we're better than the dead. The living is always better than the dead. Let's be honest, right? Dead is a rotting corpse. Alive brings life. I mean, it's just, it's, all right, anyway. <laughs> God down. loves everybody the same, <laughs> but he separates us unto himself. Absolutely. So it says, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves. See, guys, we're, where we're, we were. Yeah, I, we're not saying that we're better than anyone because we know we're not. By nature, we could fall just as quick as, as the next man. We make a poor decision just as quick as the, the lost man. But what we're saying is there is a difference between being a child of God and a child of Satan. So on that level, we are better off. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then it goes here uh, in verse uh, three. It says, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others were. We no longer are if we're born again, if we're a child of God's. And so that is what even positionally puts us above people. Mm -hmm. It's a higher position with higher responsibility. There's a point, baby. I've been waiting so long. I thought you'd never give me a point, Sean. Don't talk like that because we have viewers. viewers know. They know who's a good point giver. You know, listen, I, we got viewers that will d- send me They're messages. Me, <laughs> they, know. Know. They're like, wow, you're stingy with the points. <laughs> I've got one. I'm just celebrating. I went, I went I'm not stingy with them. No, you're stingy with the points. Oh my goodness. All right. So, uh, we, and, and here's why I'm stingy with the points. Cause I live in a fallen world and I'm sinful by nature. <laughs> You're redeemed, John. Uh, no, so now I'm out. Yeah, okay, so I'll give you one more point because I am redeemed. Okay. So two. there's two. There's two. All right. Uh, but we live in a fallen world with sinful people. And and if we're not cautious, we not just live with them, we join them. And we got to be so aware of that, right? And so when we find ourselves living these attitudes out with the lost world or having these behaviors, we have to repent. First John 1, 8 through 9, and this is what this is what separates the sheep from the goats, right? Is we realize, uh-oh, I'm living sinful. I need to stop and repent. The Holy Spirit is immediately there yeah. to convict us and said, you know, I used to sin and didn't bother me. 
now I send Holy Spirit says, Duke, you are an idiot, dude. Right. Stop it. But, but, and, and here's what gives us, this is what puts us higher than the world, spiritually speaking. Okay. Only and if we don't carry this in arrogance, it's just a simple fact in first John one, eight through nine. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, and that's the key that really just separates us from the world, right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. So there's twofold. He forgives us and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, meaning that we then stand before God uh, without condemnation. I've heard confession repentance is getting on God's side of things against ourselves. Yep. It's a great place to be. It is. It's a place of peace. It's a place of empowerment to where we're no longer controlled by our own lusts. And now we're equipped to go help other people that maybe probably don't even want the help, but we're, we have something. I remember the girl brought me to Christ. She had something, something. I yeah. needed. Yeah. And that's our calling. Well, think about this, man. <clears throat> a lost person cannot get the forgiveness of God until they repent and receive Christ or believe under Christ as their Lord and Savior. We receive grace and now we can get grace. grace. Yeah, and give it. Yeah, yeah. We get it and then we give it. Yeah, and so... Jesus in in that model prayer he gave us, forgive us our mm -hmm. trespasses as we forgive those those, who trespass against us. So that settles the problems within my own heart and it helps me settle the problems with other people because I don't... I just don't throw it back in their face. Right. I turn the other cheek. I commit them unto the Lord, and I'm no longer under their control, and uh, I have victory through Christ. Well, and that's what they don't have. And so really what they are is they are, uh, they are a Judas Iscariot. And what I mean by that is um, he didn't know Jesus as a Savior. And so when Even he, though he was around him all, all the time. The time but what did he do? He went and repented of himself. He felt bad, but it didn't change his spiritual condition, nor did it change his destination. And so if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you ask for forgiveness of your, of, of, oh, I messed up, God, forgive me, but you don't have Jesus, you're, you're no better off than Judas Iscariot. And the Bible says that it's better off for that man or for a man to have a millstone hung around him, his neck and drowned than for the man that, that betrayed Christ, right? And for the lost person, it, your destination is the same as Judas Iscariot in the respects that you're going to hell because you don't believe in Jesus and you're repenting of yourself, not repenting to God. Mm-hmm. There's, that's the difference between uh, a Christian and the difficult people we're talking about. So foundation number one, as we face the difficult people whom we care about deeply, and we're so frustrated because it seems like we're not getting anywhere and we're trying to help and they think we're trying to hurt because they're blind. They just don't understand. First, we have to deal with ourselves. We have to deal with ourselves. And so as believers, our mandate is to return good, uh, uh, evil with good. We have to return evil with good. Uh, Romans 12, and that's extending grace. Because, listen, once, once we understand forgiveness, we can extend grace. Yeah, I, I got called upon about a year and a half ago. I had somebody that I really, really love uh, attack me. And um, it was over kind of a political type things. And, <laughs> and, uh, Really, Politics doesn't really divide. Att- really attacked me. And I got emotional and, you know, I wanted to defend myself and I wanted to attack back. And the Holy Spirit says, shut up, dude, stop it. Right. And he put on my heart to write a love letter. And I just wrote a love letter back and I said, look, I have, have been, I've known you for a long time, love you to death, never had a crossword. Obviously, we disagree on some things, but we've always been agreeable in the past. And I just love you. I named about five things. The reason I love this person and, you know, the Bible says a soft answer turneth away wrath. Yeah. And so, uh, 
because I'm higher ground. I'm not mm-hmm. going to come down right. there. I'm not going to, you know, uh, you know, well, they say tit for tat or how's that go? Right. You know, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, it takes two to, to tangle and mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I just want to set an example. Right. That's our calling right. that when this well, is Well, because face, you understand forgiveness, so you extended grace. Yeah. And, and we don't, we don't go down on that level. Right. And we have Christ. We've been forgiven. Right. And we forgive these people, and we he raises us up. I mean, the girl that brought me to Christ, it was so, I treated her terrible, Johnny. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the worse I treated her, the more she loved you and better she treated and, you. And, better she, and I said, wow, whatever, whatever that is, yeah. I, I need it. The whole world needs it. Yeah. Romans 12, 19 through 21. Beloved, remember now, beloved is Christians, nobody else, very specific, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And sometimes that's tough for us, but we have to trust God that he'll take care of it in his time. You know, we want immediate judgment unless it's on us. <laughs> you get a point for that one, Johnny. I was just, that's, yeah, that's true. That right? True, yeah. We do. Lord, go get him. Right, right, right. Lord, right. give me grace. <laughs> right? That's it. I didn't uh, mean nothing by it, my dad would say. Doesn't make me all bad. Right. <laughs> so in verse 20, it says, therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink for in so doing you'll heap coals of fire on his head do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good there's not a religion in the world that teaches that nope that just came from jesus straight up right uh we're called to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us matthew 5 43 through 45 says this you have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy but i say to you love your enemies Bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And so uh, what does it look like to love our enemies? Um, be kind. Don't, don't retaliate. Even. Yeah, don't get even. That That's what it looks like to love our enemies. We don't D- have to love love. Don't blame shift. Yeah. Uh, don't attack. Don't go around and just tell everybody about it. Like, oh, so-and-so's an idiot. Here's what they did to me. Yeah, You just kind of just bury it. Take it to Jesus. Leave it at his feet. And move on. Do the next right thing. Exactly. Listen. Sounds easy. And, and that's the thing. And sometimes it sounds easy, right? We can say it and it's easy. And we realize that it can seem impossible or difficult. But Matthew 19, 26 says this. With men, this is impossible. Mm-hmm. But with God, all, all things, things are, are possible. possible. And so we need his strength. We need to pray. We need to seek his face because I'm just going to tell you, uh, uh, being a man from the streets without Jesus, my first response is always to take the threat out. (laughs) He's telling you the truth. That is his nature, (laughs) right? And, And whatever it takes now with Jesus, I pray before I take the threat out. (laughs) And when you're praying, you're talking to the Lord. He's talking back to you. Yeah. He says, Johnny, son of thunder. That was then. That's it. This is now. There are so many times where in my mind, I'd have to, I'd go to talk to someone. And on the way there, I am, I am going to blow them up. And I get out and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. I get out of the car. I knock on the door. They answer the door. And it's like the Holy Spirit goes, whoop throw all that out and I'm pastor Johnny. I love you. I'm here to serve, meet your needs. How can I help you? Did you know Jesus loves you? No matter what our problems are, God can fix them. Amen. That's what happens. Let me ask you a question, John. That's so funny, but that's exactly what happens. (laughs) Is this what you're trying to say? Problem people are our opportunity to grow. Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure I give you a point. Because the truth is it is our opportunity. Yes, it is. To step that much closer to Jesus. Opportunity to grow. <sighs> My flesh will mess it up every time. Every time. But his spirit will fix it every time. Every time. And, and not necessarily fix the other person. No. But, but fix me. Well, and here's the thing. If he fixes us, the problem's over for us. Yeah. Yeah, because we're not going to fight. We're, that means, listen, we may still have the problem, but if he's fixed us, we have peace because we trust in God, and therefore we just 
wait on him. Yeah, and that verse Jesus said, agree with thine adversary when, when thou art in the way or in that moment of conflict, lest he be angry with thee and throw thee in jail. Uh, and, uh, you know, and a soft answer turneth away wrath. And those those critical moments, the Holy Spirit is so keenly there right. in that critical moment where I will blow it, but I do love God. I've committed my day to him. I'm a worshiper. I'm right. a follower of Christ. I love Jesus. And the faithfulness of the Holy Spirit in that critical moment to be right there and stop us from being stupid. Exactly. And listen, we already read Romans 12, 19. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath for it is written, right? Um, it is tough, but we have to remember God takes care of this he's the one that uh role uh doles out justice man he's the one that that uh that's his role it's not our role peter dealt with this subject i think it's in first peter chapter two he said when you uh uh when you do wrong and suffer for it you you deserve that everybody gets that you you park wrong you get a parking ticket okay no big big whoop he says but when you do well you do well and suffer for that that ain't right it's wrong it's uh, when you do right And suffer for it. Take it patiently. For hereunto were you called. Right. This is part of our calling. Well, I want to be called to yeah. pastor the church. Yeah. I want to be called to speak to uh, tons of people. I want to be called to. And God said, "Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I called you to this. That's, yeah, one on one. Somebody's an enemy. Somebody's yeah. difficult. And God said, I, I called you to this. Right. And all of a sudden, it takes on new light." then it's an opportunity to grow and you can almost be thankful. I love to blow people's minds. And I remember one time I was working at this rehab center in Ohio, just before I went off to Bible college, this guy was an atheist. I used to witness pretty openly, see my Bible. He'd make fun of me and he'd attack me. And, uh, and one day I went to him and I said, look, I, I think his name was Larry. And I said, Larry, I, I have a, I have a really crappy Christian testimony. I, I said, I know you don't believe in God. And I said, I, I don't agree with you, obviously. But but I have a calling to, to represent God to follow Christ. And I've not done that before you as well as I would like. I just Snapped want, his head back, didn't Yeah, it? and I said, I just, want, I just want you to know that I'm real and I do care about you and I respect you. And I, I want to be in a good, good example to you around the workshop, how to treat clients, how to treat other staff, and how to have a good work ethic. And I've not done that as well as I'd like. And so I just, I, you know, I want you to watch me and, and hopefully just you watching me make me do better. He was shocked. And the day I left to go to Bible college, he came to me one-on-one after lunch, got me alone. He said, look, he goes, I'm not quite ready to quit being an atheist. He said, but I'm right on the edge of being an agnostic now. And he goes, you blew me away by your humility and your sincerity. And he goes, man, whatever, whatever it is you're into, it's working for you. And he respected me right. and he sent me out with that. I thought that took a lot of character on his part. Yeah. And what a great gift to go to Bible college. Yeah. With. Yeah. I realized these biblical principles yeah. that aren't easy, they're actually impossible right. for us, but you know what? They work. Right. And, and as a Christian, we have to remember that we didn't get what we deserved either. Amen. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Amen. Can I have a point? Yeah. <laughs> Is that three? I don't know. <laughs> He's groveling over here. Do I get a get point? A point. <laughs> yes, John. You know, so I was like, do I get a point? Yes, John. <laughs> it's, it's a point. You got three. Uh, all right. This is good stuff, brother. You did a it, good job. So, you know, well, that's the thing, because we forget, dude, that we were where they are. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, while we were hostile, we are at war with God. He sent his son, Jesus, to die for us. Romans 5, 6 through 8. For when we were still without strength in due time christ died for the ungodly for scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die but god demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners christ died for us and then if you were to read ephesians 2 1 through 10 he talks about, and you were made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, and, and, and he rescues us from all of that. And what happens is we have a tendency to forget that God extended grace to us so we didn't get what we deserved, and we have to be patient. Uh, we have to be patient with difficult people. It's the same thing that he did for us, he now lives in us and calls us to represent him and do this in physical, 
face-to-face, everyday life, right. real-life situations right. to represent him with the same grace that he gave to, to us. Well, and, and he lived it out. Luke 23, 34 says, then Jesus said, this is while he was uh, uh, getting beaten and put on the cross to die, he says this, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Yeah. And that same Jesus lives in us and he'll say the same thing Mm -hmm. to the the problem people in our lives. Right, right. Now, when we're talking about difficult people, we're just talking about difficult people. Criminal behavior, Totally different. Totally different topic. Listen, we've been given the authorities to handle, you know, the law, if you will, to handle criminals. Turn them over. Don't even make it a problem. When when we have young people in small group share publicly in our, our, our small groups with our teenagers about sexual abuse, Immediately, you have to. Immediately, if you don't, you're an accomplice. Yes, immediately we yeah. upline it to yeah. our, our our lead pastor, which used to be me for many years. Now it's uh, we have a, uh, my successor, and to the elders are notified immediately. I don't yeah. talk about tomorrow. I'm talking about right yeah. now, and immediately as we're doing that, we're calling the local authorities, mm-hmm. and usually we bring them to the local authorities because God has ordained government for the punishment of evil, of evil. Yep. and the praise of those that do. Well, Romans 13, one through seven, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. But then he goes on verse three for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good and you'll have praise from the same. Uh, and then it goes on where, uh, Verse four, toward the end, it says, for he is God's minister and an avenger to execute wrath on the one who practices evil. And so turn them over to the authorities and be done. When it comes to church matters and we have difficult people, Matthew 18, 15 through 20 says this, and, and it's the same, right? You go to the authorities. Yeah. It just happens to be a church authority here. Yeah, exactly. It, it's not a, a civil crime but it is a it's it's a sin you know against people in right. the church and relationships and we just upline it. That's it. Matthew eighteen fifteen through twenty. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. I, I find people have a tendency to not go and tell the person; they tell yeah, everyone they else. Wimp out. They went. They tell everyone else. Yeah. Oh, they they're oh oh, and then I love this right. Well, you know now 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 bless his heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they gossip and they go, man, we need to pray for him after they gossip. Yeah. And they make the problem 10 times worse. Yeah. And they only throw in bless his heart and, and, uh, we need to pray for him because, uh, that helps cover their sin of gossip and listening to gossip. Absolutely. Verse 16, uh, oh, uh, 15 goes on says, if he hears you, you have gained your brother 16, but if he will not hear, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Verse 17, and if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. You know, nobody takes a sin before the church anymore. We do. We do, too. We do. Uh, I'm telling you, and, and usually before it gets to the point where we take it before the church, they leave, mm-hmm. and, which is really sad because uh, that tells me they have no desire to be godly. Yeah, they, they don't want it fixed. They just went their way. Yeah, exactly. And, if, and 17, if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to even hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. That means they are like leprosy. Yeah. That's where the, the, the religious term excommunication comes from. Yep. I've heard it in the South uh, that we church them. Right. They've been, they've been church. That's, it means the same thing as like, but we're, we're commanded to do yeah. that. Step one, go to them alone. Step two with witnesses, step three to the church. If they don't do it, then you put them out. They're out. You shun them, I guess you mm-hmm. might say in some of American church religious history, you shun them right. for, for the purpose, not to destroy them, but they've lost, if they, if they have Christ in them, they want the fellowship right. of the church. And when they lose that, the desire to get it back is overwhelming. It motivates them to say, you know what? Yep. I was wrong. We've exactly. had that happen. Exactly. We had to, we, uh, so have we, we've kicked it. We kicked a guy and his wife out of the church. They opened up. Uh, a video shot back in those days in the VCR things, <laughs> and they had uh, 
they had a dirty section. Let me tell you, it was really bad. And, uh, it was the people like, Oh, they started, they had, they had a lot of good family stuff, you know, and all, you know, best they had to offer. Yeah. But they wanted, they wanted to please the world too. Yeah. And our families from the church went in there and I saw the dirty section. I was like, Whoa, does pastor know about this? And I didn't, but we found out about it. I went down to check it out. It's like, I, not to check them out <laughs> to see if this be true. <laughs> Watch what you say to see if this be true. And unfortunately, it was true. So what did we do? Went to them alone, went with them with, with witnesses, and uh, we took church leadership there and said, look, we want, we'll promote your business. You get rid of all this dirty stuff, and we'll help you with this business. But if not, you're, we're, we're putting you out of the church. Absolutely. Said, no, that's where we make our money. And That's uh, what I was going to say. They said, no, that's where we make our money. And so they were gone. So we... We yeah. notified our, we notified the church and said, you know, many of you have been there and you saw the good, but you also saw the bad. We took action on that. Uh, went to them alone with witnesses, just read that scripture that you just read. And we obeyed that scripture and we put them out of the church. You know what? Two years later, they came back, they came back and they stood in front of yeah. our church <clears throat> and they thanked us for co- confronting them and they got right with God right. and they got right with the church. That's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. We had a similar instance, not with, with a porn shop, but with a, a wayward child that the parent wasn't stopping. But you know what happens now when the church takes biblical disciplinary action, a lot of the members of the church attack the church I know for holding people accountable well you know um, there's a church out in uh, uh, West Steventown that's what exactly what happened the pastor took a stand he was biblical he was right lost half his church because they hated him uh, because it went against their family mm-hmm. I know a it's church insane. where I know a church where uh, a teenage child was uh, sexually molested and uh, it came to the church leadership, and immediately they uplined it, and uh, the and to the law. And the, this guy actually went to jail, which he deserved right. to be yeah. a pedophile. Deserves to be in jail. In, in the Old Testament, he'd have been dead. Right. Okay. But maybe Grace, he's in jail, and uh, a number of the people of the church sided with the pedophile yep. against the leadership it's, of the th- church. That's what I don't get, man. It's but so you know crazy. what? We do the right thing no matter what people right, want. Right. Well, and that's listen, I, God sent me here to preach the gospel. If I make friends, it's a bonus. Yeah. Well, you have made a lot of friends, Johnny. Amen. It does make life easier. I will say that. There's people that. <laughs> and besides that, if, if everyone hates you, ain't nobody going to listen. Yeah. <laughs> I just think of lots and lots uh, of people that found Jesus here at Connecting Point Church. Amen. And, uh, I'm proud of you. I'm, your, you, I'm your older brother. There's a point, baby. Older brother from another mother. Right. Uh, so listen, remember, the intent is not to seek vengeance, uh, but it's to bring about peace Yeah. in every situation. And, and so crime to be punished. It's got to be punished. You got to call the law. We're not even going to deal with it. Don't cover it up. That's just as much sin as the one that's the criminal. As believers in Christ, we're to have the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there's no law. So we need to have the fruits of the spirit, right? If we refuse to love our enemies, then what we're literally doing is imitating Christ. And in Matthew 18, 21 through 25, uh, you can read that. And it's all about, um, Uh, how we are to forgive and how many times we're to forgive and how we're to extend grace. Verse 21 starts out with of uh, Matthew 18. Uh, Then Peter came to him and said, came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him seven times. That's a lot. What's Jesus saying? No, 70 (laughs) times seven. That's not what Peter wanted to hear. Is it? It is not. And right. Basically what he's saying is for infinity. You always do it. It's just, you always, always forgive. Right. And, and that is what we are to do. Right. And if we don't, then literally what happens is we become a servant of Christ, I mean, of Satan by not doing what Christ called us to do. And so how can we extend grace? I want to give you some practical advice here. Okay. So, uh, and Proverbs, uh, has 
Excellent practical advice. Every day. Here's how it works. Right? Proverbs 15.1 says this, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. We can make it better or we can make it worse. worse. Listen, just give a soft answer. There's a practical way. How about this? Proverbs 12.16 says that the prudent ignores an insult, right? Look here, uh, twelve uh, Proverbs twelve sixteen, a fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. I have a bunch of KMS verses marked in Proverbs. Keep mouth <laughs> shut. There's one of them. That's awesome. Good stuff. It is. Proverbs twenty three says to stop arguing. <laughs> How it's my favorite sport. <laughs> Listen, the argument is over if it's just one. <laughs> Agree. Move on. Right. Proverbs twenty verse three says this: It is honorable for a man to stop striving or stop arguing, since any fool can start a quarrel. You're, a you're quarrel. starting a conversation with somebody, quarrel. and maybe quarrel. Quarrel. I, I couldn't you didn't get learn it that out. in upstate New York. I, I wasn't letting it go. go you ahead, lived brother. in the South, dude, and um, I just lost completely. Lost my train of thought. Bring it back. Bring it back. Holy Spirit. If I would have put an S in there, I'd have squirrels. No, I needed the R. Uh, I R. Never mind. It's over. All right. Proverbs 22, 24 through 25 says, or, or uh, I'm sorry, Titus 3, 9 says uh, to end quarrels before they begin. But avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. Just avoid it. Just just end it before it begins. The thought came back. Thank you, Go Jesus. Ahead. You're in this moment. He's shocked. In, in, Impressed. In, in this moment. <laughs> still a couple dangling brain cells here functioning. All right. In that moment where you're in conversation and all of a sudden you can sense this is going to be a huge controversy. Right. Don't go there. Don't go. Don't go there. You already know it. You already know it's not going to go well, right? Turn the other cheek. At that point, uh, bite your tongue, <laughs> keep your mouth shut. And the Bible says even if a fool keeps his mouth shut, they'll think he's wise. Right. So there's opportunity for me. How about this one? Proverbs seventeen fourteen, The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Mm. Dude, right? Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel quarrel st- quarrel starts. I don't know. I don't know why I, I seem to be struggling with that word right now. Um, but listen, the beginning of strife is like releasing water. If you go back and research that, it's more like releasing the floodwaters. Mm-hmm. Because here's what happens: it gets out of control quickly and damages everything that it hits with great power. With great power. Of power. That is the reality, right? Yeah. And so just stop it before it starts. How about this one? Proverbs 22, 24 through 25 says to stay away from angry people. So when you think, oh, you got to go there to save them. No, the Bible says if they're angry, leave them alone. Let them go. Watch this. Make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man. Do not go lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. Yeah, and you become contaminated and you uh, get infected and now yep. you're all messed up. And I've learned that angry people don't have very good discernment. They, they're all twisted and messed up. The only reason they can be angry is contention cometh only by pride. Right. And they're proud and God resists Well, they're not the getting their own way. They're not getting what they yeah, think they deserve. So you just stay away from that. Yeah. How about this? If you take a, a, a fighter, whether he's in MMA, boxing, Wrestling. Uh, wrestling, it really doesn't matter. Um, or, or even in any sport, to be honest with you, but we'll take fighting, right? And if he gets angry, he, he's basically lost the match. Yeah. Because mentally, mentally he can't function properly uh, to, to defend himself or to fight. That's what made Muhammad Ali such a great champion. He knew how to get people angry. And he, he stayed calm. He got <laughs> he got George Foreman angry, and George Foreman, by his own confession, yep. got stupid. Yep. 
and, and wore himself and out, and then Ali, and then took, Ali took over. Yeah, took yeah. over. Yeah, right. Because and that's what happens. You get angry, the adrenaline rush, and you do stupid stuff, and now you set yourself up to be defeated. And so happens in the political world, uh-huh. doesn't? We don't have time to go there. But yeah, we're not. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three says to stay away from bad people. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Stay away from bad people. <sighs> All right. Wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Come Amen. out of there and don't get yourself dirty. Yep. yep. So here's what we do. We're to live peaceably with others. We see it in Romans 12, 18. If it's possible, that means there are going to be times where we got a war with someone. I mean, it's just, it is right. But if it is possible as much as depends on you, meaning if you can keep extending grace and being godly, uh, by not retaliating. Yeah. And entertaining someone else, then you do that. But if it gets to the point where you have to stop the crazy, well, then you do that as well, right? Uh, Hebrews 12, 14, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. If you don't pursue peace and share the gospel, no one's going to see the Lord. And And what I find interesting here, it's not no one will find the Lord, no one will see the Lord because we're representatives. Mm-hmm. And if we're not, if we're, if we're ungodly, nobody sees Jesus. If I win the argument, they probably didn't see Jesus. Uh, usually if I not. just, uh, if right. I just say, you know, we disagree and I love right. you and hopefully that gap will close someday. But in the meantime, kind of buy your lunch. Right. How about this? We're to treat others as we want to be treated. The golden rule. <laughs> yeah. You're dragging the Bible into this, aren't you, John? <laughs> Matthew seven twelve. Therefore. Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. That'll kind of fix it, won't it? How about James 2 8? If you really fulfill the royal law, if you really, in other words, you have no excuses, you really did this. According to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law and transgressors. But if you really fulfill the royal law, Proverbs 10, 12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sin. And it doesn't mean covers it as in it's all forgiven. What it means is you're still going to love them no matter how stupid they are. It is what it is. <laughs> love them, move on. Right. And we must not forget. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, I always try to when I when somebody's attacked me, I just I think they're angry. But are they really angry with me, or were they already angry and they're just venting on me? Because you know, I just let them vent on right. me and say, you know, I I'm sorry I failed you, but I, I want to try to do better. And then they they just they're disarmed. Yeah, it's like thank you for and, jumping that. Yeah, and sometimes people lash out, and then and I'll say to them because I know I've not done anything to deserve what they're giving me. And I just simply go, wow, can I pray for you? Because something has happened in your life that has stirred your soul. Yeah. And I just pray for him. And you know what it does? Diffuses it. I was, I was at the bank one time. This has been years ago. Um, I had my own business and I was getting ready to, to grow the business. I was going to buy some property in a garage and everything. And as I go to the bank and the guy is a friend of mine, he's a banker that uh, is Christian. He's a Christian banker. And so we get there and he, he told me one thing. And then when I get there, he's like, I can't do that. And I said, dude, I set everything up. I go on, on what you told me. And, and now I'm frustrated, right? Because I'm not going to do what is now on the table. And I was like, dude, you know what? And I just kind of unleashed on him. Not, I wasn't vulgar or anything like that, but I was very frustrated. And, and while I am unleashing on him, he just went, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, please put your hand on John. Father, help him. And he just starts praying. Wow. And I bowed my head. I was like, yes, Lord, amen, right? And then I looked at him and I went, that was so unfair. 
but it was the right thing to do. <laughs> like, cause it, while I'm yelling, he just bowed his head and started praying out loud and it diffused the whole situation. Guys, listen, we are called to speak truth and love. And we're called to uh, realize when people are angry and hurt that angry and hurt people hurt uh, uh, people. And, but with all that said, we have got to speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. When we speak truth in love, we take people to the next step or the next level. Yeah. You know? To make it better, we can make it worse, can't we? And we have to speak truth even when it's difficult. Yeah. Sometimes we, we, we sacrifice truth to spare ourselves of the difficult, but then the difficulty really begins when they find out the truth mm-hmm. and realize we were dishonest with them. Yeah. Now we have another problem, right? And so, hey, guys, listen, uh, understand this. Dealing with difficult people requires prayer and the power of God. So we ask God for wisdom and strength and that we would respond well. We pray for the person and for God to do a work in that person's life. And then we seek to love as best as we can. That is what's gonna get us through. That's what's gonna give us strength. That's what's gonna help that person get closer to Jesus. And that's what's gonna give God the glory. And so I pray that you, this has helped you and that you practice this stuff and that you get the victory. Uh, even when people are being foolish, especially in a time like today. We're giving it all we got. We're in the battle with you. Amen all the best. and amen. Hey, guys, if this has helped you, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until the next time, God bless. God bless.